You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everybody, welcome to Freestyle Friday. We've got our guy, Jersey Drake, in the building. We are so glad to have gotten through another week here at the ACC. So much good stuff happening. So much news to break. A lot of things happening when it comes to football. We are 13 days away from football happening. And I just cannot believe the season is here. But more importantly, we've got some scheduling policies that we want to go over briefly mentioned. And then... Rounding out the week, we always tell you that Candace is going to drop her list of coaches, and so they will have it. We also got Jersey Dre dropping his. It's been a week-long discussion, a lot of spiciness starting to start the week off. Right, got a little mid-week, maybe lull, but now we're here, and so we'll end it up nicely. And if you have not yet, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast from anywhere. You can follow us on Twitter, at LockedOnACC. And listen, it's a good time, as always, with my favorite five co-hosts, so don't ever miss out. It's also available on the Odyssey app. Jersey Drake in the building, as I mentioned, Locked On Seminoles host. I hope you've had a great week. It's been a phenomenal week. Before we start, I do want to give a shout-out to my little brother. It is his 25th birthday today. So I'm going to give to Ivy Silva. Te amo mucho, te quiero más. Y buena suerte next examen on Saturday because he's taking the MCAT also that day. So, hey, love you, my man. Good luck, and I'm super, super proud of you, man. Have the best day. Yeah, I think I, I don't think I took the MCAT. What's the other one to get into business school? What's that one? Oh, the uh, GRE. G- no, is that it? I, I mean, there, yeah, there's, there's a GRE. That, yeah. lets I, you, that lets everybody know how well I do. <laughs> 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 Someone said there's not a lot of math in the, um, was it GMAT? That's what it was for business school. I think they might have that. I, GMAT I took the, and the GRE. He's doing MCAT for what, med school? Yeah, for med school, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, when I, yeah and my, for my MBA program now, I just, took the, I just use my LSAT score to get in. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, see, again, guys, it pays to be pretty. Ladies, I'm out here telling you, you can go big <laughs> and go far. But the one thing I did learn in business school was that beauty was a depreciating asset, so I would have to be a little more than beauty in order to get a well. But, you know, for some people, that's actually worked out well. For others, not. I don't know if you've heard today, OnlyFans is, like, dropping the only reason why they are OnlyFans, so a lot of stuff going on here Beauty yeah that's that a, good that, stuff yeah that's an interesting interesting uh <laughs> model by them uh yeah, but right? we're not that's a different sort of podcast if y'all want to discuss that but yeah i think that's a dumb move by them but hey you know what you want to do i'm not gonna tell them you know how to burn their money so a hundred percent well we've got a lot going on in the acc world we've got fall sports kicking off women's soccer is doing their thing football again as i mentioned is almost two weeks out and there are some policies that we want to discuss the acc announced their COVID 19 Rescheduling policy. As we know, in 2020, there was a lot of issues with trying to reschedule games, forfeit, cancel, officially cancel, postpone, all of that good stuff. Everyone was just trying to really fly by the skin of their pants. And now we have a little more in place. It seems as though the ACC is trying very hard to incentivize teams to get the vaccine because they talked about their rescheduling policy, which says, one, if an ACC game cannot be played, on its originally scheduled date by a team unable to play due to an insufficient number of players available for COVID-19, the game will be forfeited, right? So they don't even get to try and make it up or any of that kind of stuff. The loss will be assigned to the team unable to perform and they'll just move on accordingly. So I would love to know your thoughts around that because I'm sitting here saying, good, let's not (laughs) mix any bones about it. I think that there's some like Illuminati stuff going on to where it's like, 
okay, if we just get everybody vaccinated, we probably won't test as much, won't have to go through that. So if COVID does come up, it won't be a big of a concern if you do have that 87% or 100% vaccination rate. No, I completely agree. I think this is a really good move by the ACC. I think they're following what the SEC and the Big 12 are doing too, actually, or the Big 12 at least I know does that, where they you know can't forfeit the game because I think it's really important that we, from in my personal opinion, the, the way people have been handling the entire pandemic has been very, very off. And I think this actually helps, you know, with student athletes, like, hey, like, listen, like, it's really important, you know, for you to make the decision whether or not to get vaccinated. And also, I know one of the rules is, too, that if you are if you meet that threshold at 85 percent and you do test positive when you are vaccinated, you already have you won't be actually it'll be treated more as a false positive, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the which is one of the big things for that. And to me, it's more the thing. It's also that it kind of now that teams now know there's a rule in place. I don't know mm-hmm. why they see waited until literally 13 <laughs> days before kickoff to release right. this or, you know, policy or statement. And so hopefully now it kind of puts a little bit of a bustle or a little kick in the pants for these kids and the schools to actually, you know, go forward with getting the shot. And it's really surprising to me how many schools have not yet had their teams be fully vaccinated or about 95 percent, you know, and all of that good stuff. Because from my standpoint, if you saw what happened last year, and this is like from a leadership coaches, I know we're trying to inform them as much as possible. But at the end of the day, do you want a season or not? Do you want to have an opportunity to play at the highest level or not? To me, if I'm a guy who's on the fringe of trying to get my shot at the league, if I'm trying to get my starting spot, all that can shoot me up two times over. Like, it's no debate here. I don't understand what there's even like, let's talk. No, it's not political. Do what you got to do. When it comes to competitive side for me, right? Like, I get all the primate and informers. Bullshit. Go ahead and get the damn shot so I can be ready to go for my team. No, I agree with that, too. And also, I want to put this out there, too, that we – we forget that last year there we call it a COVID year because this the year didn't count for a lot of athletes for their scholarships and everything. Mm-hmm. Now for this, I don't think if a team is forfeited and you know you lose out time, you're not going to get that extra year back because we will just remember scholarships are endowed and paid for by the university, and you can't keep you know giving these kids free years and then bringing in more students because people states cannot afford that. So that's the 100%. big thing that actually moving forward is going to be the issue. So to me, it's like okay now. We need to get this in place. We can't be losing games, especially you now. You have coaches, you know, like a Mike Norvell or a Manny Diaz. They need to show that hey, we're improving every single year. And now it's kind of puts onus on them that hey, like tell your kids to you know make the propositions for them, or you know sit out, take a step back, and you know get away while everyone else can play. Listen, don't play with your money. Don't play with your film. If you don't, if you want every opportunity to see your like have scouts see you in action, you're gonna do what you gotta do. That's all. That's the best advice I can give. Especially if we keep, you know, pumping this up to be a situation for college guys to go to the league, we're going to give every opportunity possible to be available. So, you know, one of the famous sayings is the best ability is availability, right? Mm -hmm. So you got to do what you got to do. It really should be that simple. And yet people make it so damn complicated. And that's what's so aggravating about all of you're talking to the son of someone that is a nurse. So trust mm-hmm. me, I, I share that sentiment. My mom, she's still in Alaska, by the way, folks, if you want to get the updates, she sent me beautiful oh, pictures yeah. today. He's having a great time, but yeah, trust me, her, her aggravation too. Cause like, it's not just full player. It's all across for like, you know, anything too. So please guys, you know, make the best decision for your health, do what you need to do. Cause remember like you only have this one shot, this one opportunity for, you know, playing football at this level to make the next step for a lot of you. So make yeah. the best decision for you personally. Okay. And I really think it's also crazy how we're just, you know, going with everything. Going to be at fans fully in the stands. We've been hyping that up since like April. 
Like we're gonna have to be at full capacity. They probably spoke too soon, right? Now we're gonna you gotta roll with it. You sold the tickets, you're not gonna tell people they can't come. Like oh, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be there for Notre Dame, so trust me. But your boys double vaxxed up real quick, double cheeked up real quick. <laughs> yes, double cheeked up. And I'm gonna be in my mask, I'm gonna go to games, I'll do what I gotta do. But like it's amazing to me how like in sports in general, we can just get into this bubble. And it's as if nothing else matters. No things are going on outside. And I, and that's the beauty sometimes of sports, right? Where we sit here and say, we get this one moment just to all come together. But in the same vein, it's like, there's a very real reality that like craziness is happening all around us. Oh yeah. I think sports was the beautiful thing about sports is for a very, very long time. You were able to escape from everything else and be kind of be like in that sort of bubble. But Recently, for the past 10 years, I think sports shows that it's the perfect spot to actually have conversations that, you know, that make you uncomfortable or also get you out of your comfort zone because we're all cheering for the same team, for the same side. It's, a, it's an easier way to approach other issues for that. But that's, I mean, that's how I personally see sports. So. A hundred percent. Well, we'll keep our eyes peeled because, you know, anything can happen. I don't put like we're sitting here talking, oh, it's going to be fine. And then a week later, Joe Biden could shut things down. You just don't know. And that's really kind of annoying. I ain't going to lie to you. Like, just. I'd rather people be cool with it. Like CDC have one vibe. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to stick to your guns, stick to the guns. But if you're going to be loose, let's uh, go ahead with it. You know, like let it fly. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm ready for some consistency out of all of this mess, if anything else. You, they need to keep the same energy. Just please <laughs> all be on one page. Yes, absolutely. Well, we are going to get rolling with our coaches' rankings. You know, all week I've been telling you guys, hyping up. The coaches ranking dropping some on the socials and all that good stuff. So I'm going to talk to you about that. Jersey Drake's going to drop his top five as well. After we remind you about Bill Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there. If you have not yet got the opportunity to get some, I'm telling you there's nine delicious flavors. You can get two of each of the nine in a mixed box if you have not yet tried it. Personal faves, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, all things chocolate. You know I'm down for. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. You can check out those macros if you're really into those things or if you just like to enjoy. I'm telling you, it's all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get one of the best flavors out there. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar. I'm trying to tell you, it's so delicious. Go to BillBar.com, use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. So we've been talking all about our coaches' rankings all week giving ourselves some hype. We know the leadership is really big deal over in the ACC and they pride themselves on having some serious leadership skills. And of course, top five, top five, top five. We're dropping here on Friday's episode, Jersey Drake. We're going to go at the same time, right? We got to let people know how we're feeling and discuss these things. So we're going to go five, four, give you a little pause, let that marinate and then go three, two, one. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, here we go. Number five in your coach's Top five of the ACC. Who you got going in 2021? Number five for me is Mr. David Paul Clausen from Wake Forest. <laughs> Not the full government. Uh, full, full government name. Okay, no. why is Coach Clausen your guy number five? Well, I was really torn between him and Dave Dorn. Actually, okay. I think Dave Dorn's actually a really, really good head coach. My problem with Dave Dorn, I think and Stick can be a 10-win team every single year. I think North Carolina actually has a really stable crop of players coming in, uh, you know, from the high school ranks recruiting wise. I just think what Dave Clawson has done at the smallest power five school in the entire country, recruiting wise, like Sam Hartman, for example, Sage Surratt, all them boys, like he literally, I think he's, I think he's shooting above his pay grade. I think what he's done over there is just different. I think it, and he's won, he's gone to five bowls, which if you ask any Wake fan before he got there, 
they thought would be sort of, you know, a mystical, mythical thing. And he's three and two in bowl games. So to me, Dave Clawson right there, for my personal opinion, it should be a top five coach because what he's doing right now over there, recruiting wise, winning wise, and actually keeping them as a competitive football team every single year is nothing short of spectacular. And that's the key, right? Because Wake Forest is not known for their athletic prowess. That's not what this no. university prides themselves in whatsoever. So the fact that he still makes it enjoyable and still has, you know, Winston-Salem rocking is something to really kind of hang his hat on for sure. No, I agree with that. I mean, like Jim Grove was there before. I think mm-hmm. he was like, he, I think he has the highest winning percentage there for, I think, for someone that has more than 10 seasons. Dave Dorn, I think, is right behind him. I think he's coming into season number eight. So to me, that's someone that actually he's he's kept the tradition of somewhat winning for Grove, but now it's kind of like more to the point where I've spoken with, you know, friends of mine that go to Wake. Uh, I become close friends with uh, Cameron Lemons DeBro from over the SB Nation side for Wake Forest. And yeah. like they love that. They love that man. And he's actually made them like, hey, we're excited to go to actually the football games now. But before they, they didn't care about the games. They didn't care about <laughs> sports all whatsoever. They're a bunch yeah. of nerds. I can say because I'm a nerd, too. But now it's like an expectation for them to actually be competitive, which is huge for a school like that. Yeah, I mean, I went to grad school at Wake Forest, so like, if that tells you anything, there's not a lot of nerds. Everyone's not a nerd. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I only say that because I'm pretty. Not that bright. <laughs> <laughs> I survived, barely, by the skin of my teeth. I ain't gonna hold you, but I got, I got out that thing, and that degree sits really nice in my mama's house, so that's all we need to know. Oh, there but go. there it is. So my number five, y'all know I've been talking about this man since forever and a day, and I will keep harping on how much I love him. If you don't know already, it's Coach Dave, Coach Cutcliffe from Duke, I think that he is just the wisdom. Sometimes we get so hype on having coaches who are young, spiffy, but, you know, not really, can't give you, really pour into you the way I think Coach Cutcliffe has done. Again, for funny purposes, any man that can get Daniel Jones a spot at top six in the NFL draft gets my nod because that's just amazing. But more importantly, though, I think when listening to him at ACC Media Day, him taking so much ownership of last season for them, right? And have the fact that they had one of their toughest years yet, but him taking that ownership in the sense that he was upset, you know, with things that how things went, but also he learned that he could not take it all on him. Like he had to really let players own their mistakes. He had to let ball security really harp on that more than ever. And of course he knows the X's and O's, but I think he's instilled so many values and players that goes beyond, right? You can have a Chris Rump, you can have a Victor DiMuccese, you can have a Michael, Michael Carter, right? Shout out to the double names over there. But I think that it's so important that he, I mean, it's just like Coach Clawson, like Duke football is not one of those powerhouses that we talk about often. We get through it so we can get to basketball season. And yet he, there's still the culture there. You make it fun. But I do see if this is going to be his last hurrah. I hope that, you know, Holmberg can give him a one last, you know, go and give them an opportunity to really succeed on a good note, right? It doesn't have to be a great note. It doesn't even have to be a winning season, but maybe some good games. That's where I feel like Coach Cutcliffe's at. He, he does really need that because I actually have him at, <laughs> I actually have him at 12 on mine. Okay. And, that, and that's mainly because he did go to the AC Championship game with them when we mm-hmm. played them back, I think, in 2013. Mm-hmm. He did coach the Mannings. And I will, I, I do agree with you. He's somehow convinced you know, the New York football giants to draft Daniel Jones as a quarterback, which I know is probably your main concern right now heading into the pro football season, but he's a damn good head coach. I just, I'm missing the, in the camp that I think the game has passed him by. And I think it's about time for him to, you know, hit the retirement, man, go to the beach somewhere, get tan, have a Mai Tai on your hand, relax a little bit. You, you've, earned, you've earned, you've earned, you've earned your, you've earned your keep. 
Absolutely. Now, sitting at number four, who you got going for these ACC coaches? Oh, it's my boy, Jeff Halfley from Boston College. <laughs> and okay. I want, I need to take a little shot. I think it was JJ who had him dead last, actually, he earlier did. on in the week. He did. Who was it like, what, because he's a brand new head coach? Yeah, he was 65. I, no offense, man. I don't give a damn if he's a, if he's a first year head coach. Personally, I mean, because you hear across all of college football for every head coach, oh, it's a COVID year. That's why our defense is bad. Oh, it's a COVID year. That's why our mm-hmm. offense is bad. That's why we're not good. That's why we make a bowl game. He had the same issues that everyone else had to deal with. And he was still a 6-5 team with Boston College. Boston College, who's apparently not a good football team. They always have the random, you know, hey, A.J. Dillon, great running back. Oh, we have Matt Ryan from, what, 05, 06? Something like a long, long time ago. And to me, he's definitely going to be, he's going to be someone that's going to be at Boston College for a very, very long time. I love the, he's from Ohio State. He's going to be the D.C. there. I'm a big fan of defensive coordinators as, you know, future head coaches. And I think he definitely is putting them in the right direction with recruiting, with convincing Phil Dracovic who is going to be an absolute stud this year as well. So give me him because I think number four is the perfect spot for him because I think it's where he eventually lands up at. A hundred percent. Well, I will definitely agree with you a little later on, and maybe he's a little higher than most Ooh, people thought he would for me. Okay, but okay. my number four is Dave Dorn. I think that he has truly made NC State one of those schools where although they haven't really got over that Clemson hump, They have great games, and I think he's had such a consistency, one of the most consistent programs out of Triangle, for sure. He was certainly winning the recruiting race before Mac Brown got in this bad boy. So I think that it's something where, you know, Dave or Doran really brings an energy that's subtle, but is no nonsense, right? He doesn't have to do the big to do. He's not one who really gets on camera and wants to be kind of the all in the videos type coach, right? He wants to just play back his role, play some <laughs> football and go on about his way. And I, I respect that. You know, everyone is not super personality, charismatic type, and that's fine. But I also respect guys who at the end of the day get the exos and done. And I think he trusts a lot of his coordinators and assistants and really understands the game very well. I think Dave Doran's very good at his job. Mm-hmm. I really, really have. I, he's number six for me. I was like toying to see where I would actually put him up at because I mean, the man is like, I think, three and three in bowls for right now. And that's more my, my thing. I know Kenton and a lot of people are, you know, hey, you know, we should be happy where we're at with certain things. This might just be me because I'm used to a team that that's why I'm so down and like so upset with my own, my own, my own alma mater of football. I have very high expectations because there's a standard that we met. And I think Dave Doran actually has the capability to raise the standard at NC State. And that was more my thing. I think he definitely has. He picks the, he makes the right hires. His recruiting is very, very good. And aside from him, you know, toying between Bailey Hawkman and Devin Leary a little bit, I think he actually <laughs> does know what he's doing and mm-hmm. he can do even better. So to me, I think it's more just, I think he, I, I want him to do a little bit more because I think he's capable of doing a lot more. No doubt. Now we're going to get to our top three picks here. But first, if you have not yet, it's that time of year getting all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day. Super promo equals make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, 
your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for your 2021 season. Bet online is your online sportsbook expert. All right, rounding out the day's show, we are talking to Drizzy Drake here from Locked On Seminoles. We've got our top three college football coaches that are here in the ACC who we want to hold down. So number three, Drizzy Drake, what you got? Number three for me actually was very difficult. I was Ooh. torn between two and three to move them around a little bit. I actually have Bronco Mendenhall at three. Okay. And I actually, like, first off, I actually really like his coaching. Um, mm-hmm. I thought what he did at BYU was really, really good. And I think him going over to Virginia, Virginia was kind of sort of like a power a little bit in football in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But when you got there, they were, I mean, for anything short, they were terrible. They were awful. And it's really hard and difficult actually to recruit in Virginia. Their academic standards are obscenely high, similar to Duke, like you mentioned earlier with Coach Cutcliffe, similar to Notre Dame with Brian Kelly. And he's able to put them as a competitive you know, team every single year. And they've also made an ACC championship actually as him in 2019 uh, with Bryce Petty. And mm-hmm. to, me, that's, uh, to me, when I was doing these coaching rankings, I was looking towards you know, coaching, coaching hires. He, he makes wonderful hires. And also recruiting ability. And to me, that one of the, he has done a lot with little. If you see a trend of what I'm going with here, that he's done mm-hmm. a lot with little. And I think that he definitely is a top three coach in the ACC. 100% agree there. And it's funny that you say a lot with a little because my number three is actually Mac Brown. And oh, okay. I know a lot of people assume like, oh my gosh, he is, of course, supposed to be number one. And in my heart, of course, Mac Brown is number one. But of course, I can't be a homer all the time. I can't be super biased all the time. I think Mac Brown has definitely as I say a hundred times over has changed the energy of Carolina football before you just were happy with what you got. You know, sometimes we get a couple good couple wins out there or blessed to be in the coastal division where we know anything can happen. We saw the potential. And I think really now you see just how great Carolina can be. I think this is a year if there ever was one to have such a phenomenal, you know, uh, offensive weapon is Sam Howell, but, we don't have the Javante Williams, the Michael Carters, the Daz Newsoms of the world, the way we want to see the Deami Brown. So there's a lot to make up. I know Ty Chandler is supposed to do great things. I know Josh Downs is supposed to be great for us, but there's too many unknowns in that factor for me to have full faith in Carolina's offense. And then as well, if you go on the defensive side, got a lot of young guys who had to step up in a big way last season, you know, Tony Grimes, uh, Eugene Asante, all of those guys. But I think Jeremiah Gimmel, is going to be a great leader. I think he's mo- one of the more slept on linebackers in the ACC. But if I'm going to be honest, I don't think Mac Brown coaches a lot. <laughs> I've said it all week. <laughs> I feel like he is a great facilitator. I think he's someone who like gets smoothes in the camera. He's done the TV thing before when he was in that mini retirement break, right? He's done the way he can get Carolina's, you know, dress him up all sexy and have us be one of the best things walking out of the conference. But we haven't done it on paper yet for me. And I'm a very hard nose. I don't play about Carolina. I will cuss in that TV all day long, but I want the best out of them. And I think we are going to be at the end of the day, the top of the coastal, but we got to earn that. And I hope that he really reemphasizes that behind closed doors. So we'll just see, right? I haven't fully, you know, been like one of those people that I can't love on my team, but I'm definitely like, come on guys, we, we, we got to put up or shut up this season. I really like how you say he's a facilitator and not a coach. And that kind of actually goes to my num- why I put someone number two. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Go for your number two. Yeah. My number two is Dabo Sweeney. Okay. 
And I know, you know, people like saying like, oh, you know, I, I do a lot of educating, you know, stuff, I do numbers, stuff like that. Also, one, I don't like the guy. It's my list. You know, I can do whatever I want with it. <laughs> but two, it's a known fact that Dabo Sweeney or William Christopher Sweeney is okay. a CEO head coach. Mm. By that, he makes wonderful hires, whether it be, you know, Brent Venables for defense, mm-hmm. Jeff Scott, Tony Elliott. But for those of you who don't remember, when he first started there, he was not particularly good. He mm-hmm. was four and three at a nine and five season when we when FSU was down a little bit. But then six and seven, he was very middling there, and he almost got fired. Mm-hmm. Almost got fired. He to me, he does decent. He does well at recruiting, but it's also very easy to be recruiting when you're winning all the damn time because of people just you should surround yourself with, which I commend him a lot for getting out of the way as a good CEO. But when I look at coaching wise, I need a little bit of X's and O's. I didn't do yeah. pure X's and O's, but I truly do not think he has the X's and O's capability to actually be excel as a head coach. So to me, that's why he is at my number two. He's mainly number two because he does want a lot. But for me, you got to show me a little more, my guy. I mean, that's that. I mean, that makes perfect sense. But one thing I will say to Dabo's point, and maybe being that I'm going to have him at number one when you guys reveal, sorry to bury the lead here, but I think. You got to know your strengths. And I think one thing about a great leader is knowing their strengths and be able to bring out the best in other people. So you got to play to what you know. If you're a great CEO, you better be the best damn CEO. If you know how to delegate, you'd be happy. One hell of a delegate, right? And I think that's one thing Dabo knows how to do. He's not the best talking man, right? He can give you the good speeches every now and again, but he also, he knows how to like, he's savvy, I'll say, right? Like he knows how to play to strengths. He knows how to facilitate when necessary, know, delegate when necessary. And he knows how to pour in when it's the right time. And he also has been blessed with really great athletes. And he does it. And it kind of he's built this culture where everyone knows kind of what is about Clemson football, excuse me. And they can go ahead, fall in line, do what they have to do to get them to now is championship mentality or bust. We no longer even entertain not winning the ACC championship. We no longer entertain not being in the college football playoff. And I think that's a lot of credit to Sweeney. I mean, I'll give him that, but I do think that ever since Jeff Scott leaving, to me, was like the first kind of domino to fall for that. Mm-hmm. A lot of the head-assery comments he made before last season also kind of showed the chinks in the armor, the handling of, you know, where Brent Velsbo was going to leave. I think his, him putting his foot in his mouth a lot lately is going to start cracking, and it's probably going to affect him for this coming year. Like, to me personally, I don't think they may see a fee this year. Mm. I think mainly because the team that he has around him, I think the, start, the tracks do start to show. And to me, I think that's one of the things that, He's got a very, to me, he's similar to Miami back in the 90s, where they won very, very well. They were very, very good. Mm-hmm. But I think the fall-off is going to be very hard for them very, very soon. And, I, and that's just my personal opinion with that. I think Ohio State was probably the final nail in the coffin with that. Mm-hmm. And I think Dabo has no one to blame but himself for that. I think Venables is going to stay until his kids graduate. I think that's why a little bit of what that is. In, in well, I think, well, well, I think his kid has like one more year. At the yeah. 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 And, and after that, yeah, I'm talking to somebody about that. And they're, they're literally like, he loves his kids that much. He's going to stay there forever until they leave. And then, like, mm-hmm. to me, he's like, oh, it's like a year more of Brent Venables. I will take that. That's fine. Cause that man <laughs> is the reason why he went, went to have of his game. So, a hundred percent. I agree. I agree. I agree. Well, my number two, since we are going a little out of order here, but it's fine. We'll give you your number one here in a second. Coach Halfley for me. Uh, you mentioned before being six to five. What really to me is why he's number two for me is because nobody was talking about Boston College football. Right. Nobody gave a damn about Boston College football until last season. You were like in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, who is Phil Jerkovic? Jerkovic. There it is. There it is. Is Alec Lynch. Right. Who is Zion Johnson? Who is Zay Flowers? 
who are these guys? And the fact that they did all of that in such a tumultuous year, damn, if you're not scared of Boston College, you are asleep, okay? And I'm talking like not even beyond just the conference. You are asleep if you don't think that that tandem between Phil and Zay is going to be lethal, right? Defensively, Mm -hmm. I think Halfley's got a couple more years, but because he's such a defensive-minded guy, he will get the right people in situations. And I think he'll have those workhorses. He'll have the guys like Clemson does when they build up and they have just those randoms, but are really good. The Joes and Schmoes of the world, they can come in and be consistent. I think Coach Halfley is really going to make Boston College one of those top three, at least, of the Atlantic Division, in my opinion. Oh, no, I agree. I am terrified of playing this year. I think that he's that <laughs> good of a head coach. And I like he. He made it competitive in a fur in a COVID year against Clemson and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Two of those teams, those two teams, went to the CFP last year. Well, they boat raced everybody else. Yeah, and that to me is a testament already how good he is. Like with the limited time that he had, because they had no off season, they were doing everything virtually over Zoom. And nobody else did. But like I said before, he still performed and over exceeded expectations. And to me, that's a team right now that probably should be winning nine games coming here. Like I, you do not want to play them. You especially don't want to play them when it's cold and when they're already clicking probably in October time, which we play them at the end of the year. So, yeah. <laughs> There's that. Well, who is your number one? It better not be Norvell. I will cut this mic off. Oh, hell no. Nor- Norvell, I, I have Norvell, I think, at number... I have him at number seven, I think. I'm is it Coach Babers? I figured it was Coach. Nah, it's actually your boy, Coach Mac Brown, actually. There it is. I knew it. And... I knew it actually, but it's okay. Nah, but... <laughs> I do it, like I said, recruiting-wise. When I look at this, this coach thing, I look at a few things. Recruiting, I don't know how you are. What is he, like 80 or something? 90? Like, how old he is just, this guy? First of all, Matt just turned <laughs> 70. Well, he's turning 70 in like two weeks. All right, no, he's 69. Nice. Yeah. He's 69 years old. The fact that he's able to connect with these kids and keep them in state as four stars and blue-chip recruits at that age is astounding to me. Because I mm-hmm. thought this man would be, would be in an old folks home. I laughed at this hire when I first heard about it. But then when you dig deeper... To the resume at North Carolina, he basically that which is a primarily a basketball school. He actually made them into a competitive program until he left for Texas, which mm-hmm. leads to one of my big things. This man won a championship at Texas in 05. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know all the drama that happens at Texas for football, it's the equivalent of having too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You're spo- because everyone, all the boosters there, it is oil money, it is fu money, and they all want to have it their say their way. The fact he's able to navigate all that, get them all together and win against a USC team that almost went back-to-back with Reggie Bush and Matt Liner as back-to-back Heisman winners, that to me is incredible. And to me, Mac Brown doing this still at the age of 69 is absolutely insane to me. And like his resume speaks for itself. His recruiting is amazing. His winning. And he, like you said, he's a great facilitator. He mm-hmm. hires the people around him because he is up there in age. And mm-hmm. he's able to you know, hand the ball to, you know, to Coach Long or your defensive coordinator too. So that to me shows that someone actually, you know, I'm old up there. I'm long in the tooth. I'm able to, you know, put my best foot forward, you know, with my with my friends, with my squad, with my with my uh, with my staff. So mm-hmm. to me, Mac Brown is number one for just for all those reasons above. Absolutely. I mean, he again number one in my heart's always. I'm ride or die for Mac Brown. Don't play about my guy, but I do want him to make sure that Carolina is in the conversation at the end of the season. So we'll see. I'm not sad about it either way, but I do hopefully. Well, what I do think that Carolina for him this go round, it's fun. So you can tell the players are having fun. The energy is different. Like, yeah, we're kind of a football school because we definitely were sitting at number 10. This was the right time for Carolina football to kind of be better because, you know, Roy was kind of on his way out. 
you know, they weren't exactly coming into season and nobody's top 25. And so it was just the time for Carolina football to shine. And Sam Howell just happens to be an incredible quarterback, which we all know quarterbacks are pretty much the darlings of any position in this sport. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, Matt Brown's going to do it. He's going to try his best to get us at the top of the, the ACC food chain. That's all we got for you. We'll have our full list at Locked on ACC. We hope you guys follow that there. And Jersey Drake's got places where you guys can find him, follow his, follow his work more personally. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought you were going to get number one, though. You're going to get number one. Yeah, Dabo. I already said it. You already said it. You, just, yeah. you, you didn't want to give the man more praise than he doesn't deserve. So. <laughs> well, you gave, gave us so much love. And so I think, I mean, Dabo, at the end of the day, to me, I think that when you sit there at the top of when it's all said and done, you, you Clemson and everybody else. How many years have we said that? And I, you know, I gave him his love. I said at the end of the Hi. day, he knows how to delegate well and all that good stuff. But you can't, ACC and Clemson, right? They, they're, hold, they're putting the squad on their backs, right? If they don't do have a good showing against Georgia in a couple weeks here, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, the ACC scrubs. They're not going to give you as much love because the Clemson is the standard, right? At this point, we've set Clemson as the standard for all of this. So, I, of course, that's why I put my number one. All right, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, that's true. I mean, they do carry, make sure that everyone respects us, even though most people already don't respect our conference, but that's a discussion for another day. <laughs> but. Everybody, though, you can follow, you know, the podcast at LO underscore Seminoles. You can follow me at Tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow our, <clears throat> sorry, I lost my train of thought there. You can follow our, you know, where we do all our questions, all our mailbag stuff like that, at Knowles Anonymous. You know, we are fans first, people second, podcasters third, and thank you so much for having us. No doubt. Until next time, we hope you guys have a great and safe weekend. Please stay smart and safe out there. We are almost to the finish line. Maybe if y'all just do the right things, we are trying to get through this. Until next time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.